Good morning, everyone. My name is Jeff Getty, and I'm the Managing Director of KeyBank's Family Wealth Consulting Practice. With me are two of my colleagues, Consulting Directors Francis Brown and Mike Ella. As part of our Family Wealth podcast series, we are going to cover the impact of COVID-19 has had on M&A. Specifically, we'll be discussing uh, what we have heard COVID has, as, as COVID has unfolded, what has been the actual impact to our clients, and what business owners who have considered or are considering an M&A strategy should be doing. So let's start with what we've heard. Generally, there's a great deal of discussion that one, M&A activity was grinding to a halt, two, credit was going to dry up, three, valuations would drop, and four, we were moving immediately into a strong buyer's market and all deal leverage was switching over to the buyers. So with that backdrop, Francis, what do we, what do we actually see occurring in the second quarter of 2020? The Alliance of Merger and Acquisition Advisors put out a study survey at the end of uh, Q2 they did in conjunction with Dealware, and they found that it was a significant impact. 40% of deals were suspended, 14 were terminated. Um, on the other hand, uh, 35% of those deals that were in process are still in progress, and actually 11% were able to close. So that's a good sign. Of the new deals in process since the outbreak, it varies by industry. It ranges between 30 to 80% of the deals are able to close versus progress versus terminated. And uh, the impact on total consideration paid, uh, there was an impact, about a 14% drop in total consideration, and it ranged between 7 to 24% of an impact. Mike, uh, you want to talk about our firm's activity? Yeah, and so to Francis' point, that we're, there still is activity, and, and what we're seeing here at Key is, you know, there's some industries that still have transactions that are on the go. You know, we have you know, deals in construction, food, engineering, technology, and manufacturing, and really kind of what we've seen as to why those things are moving forward is really kind of twofold. Either one, they're uh, considering essential business and haven't really shut down during the pandemic, or two, if their business has been altered from the pandemic, they've been able to move remotely or have people working from home. It's kind of easier. It's kind of even helped their business slightly. So I'll talk, you know, briefly about two of them. You know, in the construction business for you know home improvements, you know, a lot of people are staying home now. They're seeing their house. They want to make renovations to their house. That transaction was supposed to start up in 2021. It actually got pushed into 2020 because the business is doing so well. Uh, another one in, in the food industry where they're doing cold uh, storage for grocery stores or kind of act as their just in time. Same thing as their transactions moving well this year and should close by the end of the year because their business is up significantly. You think about all the people staying home and the more groceries they're buying, their business is up. Yeah, so uh, major takeaways here, right? So what I'm hearing is M&A is certainly not dead. It's a bit hit or miss, very specific to a particular industry sector, even businesses within that sector. Um, but assuming a business owner is in one of these categories where things are continuing to move forward, even if slowly, um, what are some of the changes around the deals themselves that that type of owner should be apprised of? Um, you know, Mike, can you walk us through some of the changes that you have seen on some of the deals you're working on? Yeah, so I, I think the two big things that kind of stick out for me is valuation and deal structure. So when COVID hit, you know, everybody figured valuations are going to plummet. They're going to, you know, basically go down to zero. And that's really hasn't been the case. You know, businesses have still been operating 
and you know valuations for some have gone down significantly but others valuations have maybe come down slightly but for most part they're sticking kind of where we, we were a little bit before covid and one of the bigger things that we look at is the deal structure of a transaction so not much you know what the valuation was but how are you going to get paid and there's been a lot of dip changes in you know cash versus earnout, where the earnout is becoming a lot larger than the cash. So what we're seeing is if you want to keep the valuation higher, owners are taking more of an earnout, and buyers are putting more risk on the seller. Where if you want more cash at closing, an owner has to take a cut on the valuation. And what's driving that also is what's happening in the credit markets as things are tightened up. It's harder to get uh, financing, so that's make it more difficult for cash to be available to buyers. And the third thing that we're seeing is working capital. You know, working capital is a, a tough thing to deal with just in a normal environment. Throw in what you have to see from a PPP plan and how that's getting factored into working capital and what time frame over working capital is being um, put together is having an impact on the valuation deal structure in the M&A space. And so, Francis, are you seeing anything else that you want to kind of chat about or you see from a valuation deal structure standpoint? Yeah, Michael, talk about the four complications. Uh, the first is financial projections. Buyers use this as a first cut or test of reality for seller to demonstrate that the business will be able to produce predictable revenue, profits, and cash flow. Sellers should expect to be a lot more scrutiny into how the numbers were derived and uh, any underlying assumptions. Second category would be due diligence. Sellers may need to allocate more time to gather documents to create virtual data rooms. Uh, site visits may pose a problem if business is in a community that's subject to a stay-at-home or shutdown order. Another area where sellers should expect a lot of scrutiny uh, relates to what was the impact on the business from COVID. Uh, were supply chains interrupted? Did the company fail to meet a material term under a contract? Another one might, would be what was the business's response to those impacts? Meaning what mitigation steps did the company take related to the business, customers, and employees? And then uh, a third one would be what's the future outlook? A seller should be able to describe uh, the impact to the business, financial conditions, changes to strategy, operations, and systems. Uh, the third and fourth categories where there's a, a complication from COVID would be closing condition and deal terms. Uh, both speak to the allocation of risk in a purchase agreement and serve as the basis for indemnification claims in the case of a breach of contract or a buyer's ability to walk away from the table. Um, a purchase agreement is really a buyer's attempt to ensure the business he is paying for is essentially the same as the one that he agreed to at signing. Both parties proceed to closing based on the assumption that business is sustainable and transferable. If a buyer starts to doubt that isn't the case because of COVID or some other reason, he's going to balk and back out of the deal. The key is when is he allowed to do so and if and is there a penalty for doing so because the seller failed to disclose or misrepresented something. The bulk of sellers promises about the business are contained within the reps and warranty section of a purchase agreement. And so here's something to think about. If a seller has promised to operate a business consistent with past practices, what does it mean to operate in the ordinary due course of business, particularly in the middle of a pandemic? What does the ordinary course look like going forward? To protect yourself in making promises about the business that you may not be able to keep, 
it might make sense to define what is ordinary course, what does that mean, and include within the definition section actions taken in response to COVID. Kind of the overall threads that, that, that I think we're, we're hearing and seeing, M&A is, is still active, but it's, it's definitely changed. And it's, in my opinion, particularly impactful for sellers. Conversely, if you are in growth mode, there are going to be and will continue to be some, some clear opportunities for a buy side. So from, from that perspective, uh, probably the, the pendulum has swung a bit. Regardless, owners need to do a, a deep assessment to understand what has been the impact specifically to their business and what do they do with that intelligence. Related to that, an assessment of how, this, how COVID has impacted the overall financial picture and goals and objectives from the personal balance sheet side, and how do these areas intersect? All very, very important as we look to this, you know, coming through this and then ultimately being on the backside uh, of COVID. You know, one of the things we, we like to talk about is there are really three types of people, right? There's the uh, ones that make things happen. There are uh, ones that wait for something to happen, and ones that ask what just happened. As a successful business owner, you're used to being in that first category. You're used to making things happen. So now is the time to regain control, assess the status of your business, and reset your transaction strategy. So with that, uh, thank you for your time and your interest. If you have any questions or would like some follow-up, please reach out to your key relationship manager. They will put you in touch with us, and we can set up some to talk about the specific impact of your business and how you can implement or reset your, your transaction strategy.